Hey, this is John Morgan. I'm the lead pastor here at Word of Life Church in the nation's capital. I want to personally thank you for taking time out to listen to our podcast today. It's our prayer that you're inspired and that your life is changed for the better while listening. So go ahead, enjoy today's message. Well, the title of my message this morning is entitled The Good Yoke. The good yoke, that's why I've got a little wooden yoke that is here, and it is based on a teaching that Jesus gave. You can turn to Matthew chapter 11 this morning. I'm going to read verses 28 through 30. So turn in your Bibles there or look on your Bible app. We're going to have it up on the screen here um, as well. So let me begin to, to read this. Jesus says these words, come to me, all you who are what? Weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, I, I wish Jesus had just stopped right there, right? Because I could then think of all of the different ways that he's going to invite us to rest. He could have said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my beach chair upon you. And sit on the sand and watch the water, right? Or he could have said, take my rocking chair upon you and find a porch on a cabin up in the mountains in the cool breeze where you don't sweat and get all the sand all over you. Can you tell which one I like better than the other, right? And just relax on the rocking chair and life is good. Or how about this one? This would be the favorite. Take my lazy boy chair upon you. Recline, eat Doritos, right? Preach, someone said. Watch, to just rest. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says something that, that we hear rest, and then the next three words brings confusion. I will give you rest, and then what? Take my yoke. And everyone should go, huh? Right? This... This isn't rest. This is work. This ox and dirt and all whatever. I'm not a farmer, but I can, I've seen it on TV, right? I mean, I can visualize this is not. So what is Jesus talking about here with the yoke? Well, let me finish reading it to you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's an important line. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is this business with rest and a yoke and how Jesus brings these together? What is he what is he teaching? What does he mean for us? And so for me to get at this, I need to take a few minutes and and teach into the significance of this metaphor that Jesus uses, because we've probably lost some of it in 2023 as we aren't really hanging out with a yoke all of the time. So bear with me for a few minutes, but here's the significance. If we were the early listeners and Jesus was just teaching this and we were just hearing this for the first time, and he said to them, my yoke is easy, what we would know is that he was using a word there 
And, and the language at that time, uh, and the word meant to be well fitted. I think we have a slide on that. Put that definition up for easy. It is well fitted or custom designed. So you would go to a carpenter, um, which probably Jesus made a lot of these in his day, right? He was a carpenter. And what would happen is that um, the good farmer would measure the neck of the oxen, and they would make it easy or well-fitting so that when it was put on the neck of the oxen, it wouldn't rub, it wouldn't get sores, it wouldn't get bruises, it wouldn't get anything like that. But here's what some individuals did that were not kind or good to their animals. They would, when one animal would die and they would replace that animal, they wouldn't go and get another custom fit. They would take the one that was made for the other animal and they would just quite literally shove it on the neck of the new animal. And it would what? It would cut, it would bruise, it was irritating, it was difficult. So when Jesus says these words, my yoke is easy, what he is saying to you and to me is my yoke is custom designed for you. You're not supposed to put somebody else's on. I have another one for them. It's, it's easy. It's, it's well designed. It's, I am not a cookie cutter savior who has all of the same yokes for every person. It's designed just for you. In essence, Jesus is saying to them, my, in my yoke, I have a life for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a legacy for you. And in that yoke and in that yoke only is where you will find rest for your souls. Because it's the one for me. It's the one that I have for you. And the one that the world has given you is not designed for you in the way that God has created. It's easy. Well, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Now the yoke isn't sounding too bad, but it gets even better than that. How many animals go in the yoke? Brilliant. You guys are smart, right? Even I knew that, right? So Jesus is saying, not only is your side well fit and designed for you, but guess what? I'm already in this side. You and I are going to be together in this yoke. So let me illustrate it this way, champion. Why don't you come up? Because I think we often visualize Jesus pointing, going, yeah, there's a yoke over there, and it's it's easy. It's well fit for you. But actually, I want you to picture Jesus saying this. Earlier service, I got some splinters, so I'm being careful this time. He's He's like this, and he's saying, come to me. If you're weary and you're burning, I have a yoke. I'm in it already. And guess what? Right here, this one is for you. And we will walk together in life. We will walk together in life. Yeah, give it up for Champion as well. Thank you for that. I don't know about you, but I want to be yoked with Jesus. I want to know the feeling that that I'm yoked with him. And you know what? He's not saying to us, hey, you go and do this thing. He's saying to us, hey, do you want 
to, do you want for you and I to go do that together? And you begin to experience rest in your soul because you begin to flourish and function in that which you were created to do before the beginning of time. It's together with Jesus. And Jesus says that little key phrase I told you, and you will learn from me, because he gives us a little teaching as to what's going to happen as you and I are placing ourselves in the yoke with him. We're going through life, doing all the exciting, amazing things he's called us to do, things that exceed anything that you and I could ever dream or imagine is possible for our lives. And he's like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to be teaching you the whole time. I'm going to be speaking into your life. You're going to learn from me. So listen to this really important statement. Who you are yoked with is who you will learn from. Let's say that again. Who you are yoked with is who you will learn from. Or another way to say that is this. What you are yoked with is what you will learn from. You know what happens sometimes is we act like this when we come to church. Oh, it's time for me to get in the yoke with Jesus. And then we get out of the yoke before we leave the church and we get in the yoke that we're in Monday through Friday. I'm sure no one here ever does anything like that, right? But Jesus wants us to be with him all the time so that he can be speaking into our lives. There are a lot of voices in this world that are speaking messages into each one of us every day, all of the time. And the only way I know how to block those voices out and hear the voice of Jesus in the midst of it is to be yoked with him and to be right there with him in the midst of the world. So I'm going to pause and pray for a minute, right, in my sermon here. I I did this at 930 as well. It's an unusual time to pray, but just bow your heads for a minute. God, this morning, there is good conviction in hearts in people that are listening either online or here with us in person who are saying, my problem is I'm yoked with the wrong person or with the wrong thing, and I need to correct that so that I'm with Jesus and I'm learning from him. So, God, I ask that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would bring wisdom to people to recognize that and to know that. And then on this day, they would say, that is the day that I dealt with that in my life because I want to learn from Jesus. I want his voice to be the primary voice, his lordship in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May it be, may it be so. Well, you might be saying, you know, wow, that's, that was a great little teaching. You know, it's a fun way to, a unique way to look at that. Um, but you might be thinking, I'm, I'm, you know, you're saying, I, pastor, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on the first word, the invitation to come to Jesus. Cause I don't, I don't know. Could you, could you kind of talk a little bit, uh, about that? And so, um, what I'm going to do for the next few minutes is I'm going to talk about the, um, 
the different ways that you can come to Jesus. Now, there are many, many different ways that you can come to Jesus. That's the beauty of who Jesus is, that, that there's such a variety of ways. Again, he's not a cookie-cutter um, God. And I, I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list, but I'm going to talk with you about a few today that I think for some of you, at least one of these is going to hit home with maybe where you are. But before, I want to clarify something theologically for us to make sure that you understand this. The gospel is about Jesus coming to us. You understand that, right? It's called the incarnation. He left heaven. He came to us. He came right in the midst of us, God with us, Emmanuel. And then there's a certain point where he says, would you now receive me? In essence, come to me. All right. So I don't want you to think when Jesus is saying, hey, come to me, that it's difficult to do or that he's far away or you have to go searching for him. I'll illustrate it to you this way. When um, our kids were toddlers and they were first learning uh, to walk. See, some of you remember that stage, you know, be on on their hands and knees. And so I would leave the church and, and I would drive a number of miles to our house and I would walk into the house and and I would walk into the room where they were and I would sit in a chair where they were maybe only about four feet from me. And then at that point, I would be like, see if you can walk to me, right? See if you can come to me. And they, you know how they stumble along, kind of fall in your arms. Now, I am sure in um, my child's mind, they would say, I came to daddy, right? But really, daddy came to them. See, all the way, many, many miles, all the way, all, all I was like, and, and I would even have my hand out like this, right? That's what Jesus is saying. I've come to you. I've come into your work. I've come into your neighborhood. I've come into your family. I've come into your church. I've come into your life. I've come and I'm right here and I'm just here with my hand saying, come. Because Jesus doesn't rush ahead and just grab you and force you. He says, Come. So that's what we're talking about here. Come, I've, I've come so far. Now, would you just take that step towards me? And in doing so, I'm grateful that we worship the God who doesn't put out a formula of how we come to him, but that there are different ways that we can come to him. So here, here are a few, maybe one or more of these will resonate with you this morning. The first way is we can crawl. Let's put that up. Crawling from the woundedness that we've encountered in the world. I know many of you have experienced wounds in your life. You still feel those wounds right now from, from just brushing up against the world. We have to live in the world. We don't live in isolation and we can have our character maligned. We can have things done to us or said about us or different things. And it's just this kind of wounding that takes place in our life. And for those of you that are feeling that way this morning, you might be responding, how do I come to Jesus when right now I, I'm so wounded that it's hard for me to even feel anything anymore? I stand in worship and I see everyone worshiping. They look happy and amazing and wonderful. And I'm just spiritually dry. I'm just numb inside from this kind of woundedness that comes from the world. You can crawl to Jesus. Or you might say that woundedness, it's, it's just created so much fatigue in me. I'm just kind of tired. 
Or you might say the people around me don't know it, but I'm so wounded from the world that I'm literally just surviving day to day. If that's you this morning, Jesus is calling your name and he's saying, come. And then my insertion is, if you have to crawl, crawl. I take crawlers, right? But come. There was a time in Jesus's life where they dragged the woman out, so wounded from the world and where she was. They were going to throw stones on her. And he gets down on the sand, right? And he's drawing just like this because she's already down on the ground. And he speaks to her, redemption. Where are those They've gone, great, then leave your life of sin because here's what happens. When you and I crawl to Jesus, we don't crawl away. We crawl to him and he lifts us up, see? He lifts us up so that we can walk and we can be joyful again. And the wounds of this world, it isn't that they just disappear right away. It's just a peace and the power of Jesus comes upon us and begins to replace those wounds. And people say, how do you have such peace in your life in the midst of all the challenges that you have? So I I crawled to Jesus. I crawled to Jesus and he lifted me up. Some of you this morning, that's a timely word. And you're going to be encouraged as we pray for you at the end of the service. The second way you can come to Jesus is dirty. Wounded from your sin. In pastoral ministry over the last 30 years, I can't tell you how many people that I've spoken with who are so far away from Jesus, they've never made that step towards him, and they've said things like this to me, preacher, I am too messed up for Jesus I'm too dirty, if you will, for Jesus. You have no idea the kind of things that I have done in my life when I was pastoring down in the city of Richmond. I would walk to the church. There was a guy that would always sit on the porch um, of his house, and and I would try to invite him. He lived right across the street from the church. Here was a man who lived 15 feet away from hearing the hope that he would have in Jesus Christ, and he would sit on his porch and not move. And I would invite him every time I would walk in and he would say to me over and over again, preacher, lightning will strike if I step into that building. And I would say to him, if lightning was going to strike that building, it would have done it a long time ago with those of us that are there. You see, Jesus doesn't love everything that you do, but there's nothing you can do that makes Jesus stop loving you. There is nobody that is too far away from Jesus that cannot come to Jesus. There is no one so far in darkness that they can't come out into his marvelous light. It isn't like Jesus says, your lost cause. My invitation is for a lot of people, but it's not for you. That's the voices of the world or other people that are confused. This morning, if you're feeling that way, Jesus is calling you by name. The president of my Bible college, Dick Foth, used to say this. Jesus doesn't require us to get cleaned up to come to him. Jesus asks us to come to him so that he can clean us up. See, he can clean us up. So this morning, I really sense people are watching right now and you feel that way. I want to say to you, 
Come to Jesus and he will clean you up. He will clean you up and he will pour such life and joy and hope and power and strength and salvation into your life that you will just be in uh, a state of awe of how he receives you. The one who says to us, neither life nor death, nor demons, nor angels, nor anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen to that. Well, the third way you can come to Jesus is again, again, wounded from being a prodigal. I prayed in the 930 service that this would be a church who would see prodigals on a weekly basis coming back to Jesus, who were with Jesus at one time, but have drifted away. I want to encourage prodigals today. I want to encourage those of you that have prodigals as sons and daughters, or you have relatives or others. Jesus does something grammatically in this passage that gives great hope to prodigals. So bear with me just for about 30 seconds while I explain this grammatically. Jesus uses two commands in this passage. The first is the word come, come, he commands. The second is the word take, take this yoke. Here's what's interesting about the command. It's called an imperative in the day that Jesus lived in. What was implied within that was repetition. Where So if someone said, come, what they're really saying is continue to come, keep coming, come again, or take, keep taking. It implied repetition. We don't do that in our vernacular, in our language. We say, hey, come here. And that's a command that means come now one time, right? Um, if we want it to be over and over again, we say that. Hey, I want you to keep coming over and over. We add those words. They didn't do that in Jesus's day. So when Jesus commanded, come all to me who are weary, what he is saying to them is you can continue to come back to me again. It isn't a one time. And if you come and leave, that's it. You used up that one command. It's continue to come, continue to come. So listen carefully. It's almost as if, cause Jesus didn't have to command us. He could have said this. He could have said, Hey, if you're weary and you're burdened, you know, you ought to consider thinking about giving me a chance right? And uh, the way that my yoke works is it's easy. And so if you just come on over here, he could have done it like a narrative like that, but he doesn't, he doesn't do a command. And I'm convinced that Jesus didn't do anything by accident. He was strategic and purposeful every time. It is as if Jesus is saying this with a command. It's like he's saying, some of you will come once and stay, and that's great. But some of you might struggle. And you might come to me and drift away. Guess what? I'm saying to you, you can continue to come again. You can continue to come again. And you know what the enemy does? The enemy flashes this thought over and over again. I don't think Jesus will take me back. Because that last time I went back, I made promises like this was the real deal. And then I struggled. That is straight from the pit of hell. Do you know Jesus is saying the invitation still stands? 
The invitation still stands. You come because I'm believing with you that this time you'll stay. See, this time you'll stay. This time it will be there. So for all prodigals that are out there, for all of you praying for prodigals, would you just continue in your prayers? Pray that they will continue hearing the invitation of Jesus upon them. That it's not too late. It's not too late. I'm so grateful that we worship the God who doesn't give up on us. So grateful. Who actually knows under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when he recorded these words that there may be some who come and leave and come and leave. And I want to make sure they know um, I'm still right here. Jesus doesn't leave. He stays. For those of you praying for prodigals, don't give up. Don't give up praying for them. In Jesus' name. Well, again, there's many ways you can come to Jesus. Let me just highlight one more. You can come cautiously to Jesus. People that are coming cautiously to Jesus have been wounded wounded by the church with a capital C. Wounded by a church or by Christians, capital C. When I pastored at this church down near Virginia Commonwealth University, and there were a whole lot of college students that we were sharing the gospel with and the good news. And I remember people would um, ask me, they would say, oh, that must be so difficult. You know, this, that young generation, they, you know, they don't seem interested in the things of the Lord and that. And I would actually correct them. And I would say, most young people I meet are spiritual, but many have been hurt by the church. They're intrigued by Jesus, but not so much by the church. I asked one time a director of national missions among college students. I asked him, what is the greatest barrier right now for this emerging generation um, to, to not follow God's calling to go on the mission field and to go into new places and to blaze new trails and to go into tough mission fields and do all of that? I mean, you know, is it, is it, is it too expensive? I mean, what, what, is, what is the biggest barrier? And he looked back at me and said, well, that's easy. Christian parents are the biggest barrier. That's what I said. I said, why? He says, because Christian parents pay for, pray for other kids to get called to missions, not theirs. Because that means they have to let go and trust God with that. You see, there are things that you and I can do that even if it's well intending or it's misperception or whatever, create this kind of woundedness with people and, and really what we all are to be striving to do is to fully connect them to Jesus. And so I've heard people in this category say things like, I'll never trust Christians again, or I've seen too much over the years. Um, and, and there's so many that, that fit into this category that are out there. I, can I suggest to you this morning, if you're coming out of any place of woundedness from the church or um, even well-intending Christian parents that maybe got overprotective with you, or whatever the case might be, can I say to you today, Jesus is calling your name. He's saying, come. And I wonder 
if Jesus would walk through the door and stand right here, if he might even say the following words. I don't know that he would. I would not be so presumptuous as to put words in Jesus' mouth, but I wonder if he would say, hey, I, I know my church, my people haven't always represented me as well, but would you give me a chance to represent myself to you? Would you connect to me? Would you get in the yoke with me? Because it's easy and I'm humble in heart, right? My burden is light. It's well fitted for you.